Let's talk soul ties on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and there's a few things I need to take care of right off the bat. First of all is I apologize for being a day late on this podcast. As I think you're going to start to sense, I've been having a cold, and you probably can hear that in my voice. Um, I have a nice low rumbling voice. My wife calls it my radio voice. So that might be pleasing, but uh, the stuffy nose and runny nose and cough. Yesterday when I was supposed to release my podcast, I literally couldn't talk without coughing. And so hopefully that's not going to be the case over the next 25 minutes that I'm going to be able to get through this without too much coughing. But I apologize in advance uh, for the sniffly runny nose and occasional cough that may occur. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit on the upswing But this could be a little bit of a challenge, so I'm going to do the best that I can getting through this. The second thing I want to make sure to add is that there probably is some listener discretion advised on this episode. I'm going to talk about some adult issues, uh, talking about soul ties. I do, however, uh, if you guys feel like it's appropriate, do recommend that teenagers listen to this. It absolutely applies to them in almost every way, and I don't think this would be um, inappropriate for them, but I want you as the parents to have discretion over that, so I just want to give a heads up uh, as far as the content today goes. One of my listeners uh, brought up the issue of soul ties because I mentioned that in regards to my powerful parenting message. And as I mentioned last week, I'm going to get to that at some point because I do want to sort of run the list of powerful parenting issues that I can help you as parents with, with what I call boundaries and strategy. Um, boundaries instead of control, right? And strategies instead of just dealing with behavior, Because those are two different things. And so we want to give our kids boundaries uh, upon which and in which they can live in perfect freedom. It's for their benefit. And to give them real strategy because they're up against a world and they're up against an enemy that wants to destroy them. There really is no other nice way of saying it. But that's what's true maybe for all of us. But I believe our young kids today too uh, need help. They need parents That's what parents are for, to help them guide um, their way, navigate their way uh, through the obstacles of this world and the culture of this world that is actually looking to erode them, to looking to erode uh, their their spirit, their soul, and their body. And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. So I mentioned when I was doing my powerful parenting message, I mentioned the term soul ties. And one of my listeners brought to my attention that maybe that could use some definition, could use some understanding. And I think that's a perfect recommendation because as I head into this powerful parenting series, I want to, I probably be going to mention the term soul ties. And so what better way in this podcast to sort of bring definition to what that is so that I don't have to spend time on that in these other um, uh, podcasts as well. So um, 
So let me just set the stage. We are uh, created with spirit, soul, and body. Okay. Our spirit is what is connected to heaven. We are spiritual beings. Um, I will get back to that in a second. We also have a soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, and our feelings. Those are important things. Sometimes we look at those as negative things. They actually are very positive things, but they can be skewed um, or they can be given too much control or too much uh, prominence in our life. And then we have a body like our physical fleshly body, our five senses, um, the, the, our, our movement through space, the way that we interact with each other, even the words that we speak are all part of our body. Now, I'm going to contend with you right off the, off the bat that we are spirit. A lot of times we think ourselves as a body that actually has a soul. And oh, by the way, once we give our lives to Jesus, we are connected in our spirit to him. But I would argue that it's actually quite the other way around, that we actually are spirit that has given us and, and, and ministers to our soul, our mind, will, emotions, and feelings, and then is expressed out through our body. It should flow in that direction. And I would say that we have, so we are a spirit that happens to have a soul and a body, not the other way around. And I would go even one step further to say that we actually have a temporary soul and body. But our spirit, the Bible says, is eternal. So we remember the conversation of Jesus and Nicodemus and and uh, Jesus says to him, "Verily truly, I uh, very truly I say to start over, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again." "How can someone be born when they are not old, when they are old?" Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So our flesh, the Bible says, has actually been crucified. Now our flesh, when the Bible talks about the flesh, it's our soul and our body versus our spirit, which is connected to heaven. So Jesus is saying that our flesh is actually put to death and we are actually born again into spirit. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. No longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So whatever I live here on this earth is actually because of my spirit that is fully alive and connected to heaven. So we are spirit. And I have good news for you. Eternal life doesn't happen when we die and go to heaven. Eternal life happens when we actually are born again. In the spirit, we are already living eternal life. It's a beautiful thing. So when we have our spirit connected to heaven, our soul and our body are supposed to respond or supposed to react to the, to the reality of who we are in spirit. So Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, which is your flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Romans 8.13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, 
you will live. So hopefully you can kind of see the transition that takes place when we actually become spiritual beings through Christ. The Bible actually says we are seated in him in heavenly places, not someday when we die, but right now our spirit is actually in him in heavenly places. That should make us really happy. It should give us a different perspective on the way that we live. So we are meant, however, we were created, you know, to actually connect with other human beings within the boundaries that he gives us. That's a beautiful thing. In fact, the Lord created Adam and said that it wasn't good for him to be alone. We, I talked about this many times on prior podcasts that we were never meant to be an island. We never are meant to be alone, but we are actually meant to be connected with one another. We need one another as the body of Christ. And in so doing, our flesh actually connects with each other. And so when we connect to somebody in our mind, in our will, our emotions, and our feelings, that is called a soul tie. It's called a soul tie. And here's the deal. There are healthy soul ties. In fact, there are meant to be healthy soul ties created within the boundaries that a loving father created for us. So the best example, of course, is husband and wife. Husband and wives are connected intimately through a soul tie, through our mind, through our will, through our emotions, through our feelings, in a major and big way. And we are also connected in our bodies through sexual intimacy within marriage. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's how a covenant is supposed to work. And we actually exchange, actually exchange ourselves with each other to become one flesh. Now, the Bible says one flesh. What is the flesh? It's our soul and our body. Now, I believe, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this too, but I believe the Bible actually makes a case for the fact that we actually are not one spirit with each other in marriage. Our spirit connection is actually with heaven. And we are connected spiritually with God. And we are connected in our flesh through our relationship, through our soul and our body with our spouse in the most beautiful, intimate way that human beings can be connected. And that doesn't mean that we're not one in spirit and the fact that we are moving in the same direction. We are also both connected to heaven. We listen to the Father's voice and we move. So we are one in that respect, but we actually don't connect our spirits. Our spirits are connected through heaven and with the one and only King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But when we are connected physically and emotionally with someone, it is a beautiful experience that is meant to take place. And so there's obvious soul ties that take place between a husband and wife. And it's obvious devastation when that relationship ends in divorce or separation because we are separating something that is connected in our soul and body. And so why would we not expect then to have mental anguish, emotional anguish, anguish in our feelings and even in our bodies? We would expect to see that because that's a byproduct of something that's fractured that has actually had a soul tie. There are soul ties between parents and children. Anybody who's brought a child to college or or has married a child to someone and walked their daughter down the aisle like I have, there is an emotion there. There's a feeling there and it's powerful and it's strong and it's a soul tie that we have with our children and it's actually healthy. Some of those things are supposed to hurt. 
and the feeling when a child wraps their arms around your neck and tells you that they love them. That's an emotional soul tie connection that is supposed to be there. And that's a healthy soul tie. There are healthy soul ties between brothers and sisters that are meant to last a lifetime. And I believe that the Lord is bringing restoration to those relationships in a big way. But when I talk about unhealthy soul ties, I'm referring to, and what this world unfortunately is getting all wrong, the culture of this world is bringing a devastating perspective on is when we're dealing with each other outside of these beautiful primary relationships, in which case soul ties are supposed to be. And so what happens when you enter into a romantic relationship with somebody and you're navigating a a relationship where there are feelings and there are um, emotions that are connected with that? And my answer is, is it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Because it's possible to enter into an unhealthy soul tie relationship before it's time. And that's why Amy and I feel so strongly about when when kids date at a very young age and even in high school, that there's not only unhealthy soul ties, there's an immaturity connected to those. And it actually creates this problem, this unhealthy soul tie that can be very problematic for them emotionally in their soul. Because they are tied to someone who is not in a covenant relationship and is outside of a boundary. And so those have to be navigated very carefully. And then, of course, the world tells us that as soon as you have any kind of feeling for someone, that you simply drop into bed with them and have sex. We see that all the time in every TV show, movie that has been created in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Hey, I think you're cute. The next scene is they're waking up together in bed. We see this all the time. And so Hollywood is obviously demonstrating that as normal culture. And obviously statistics would show that even at young ages in high school, that that's actually expected. There was pressure when I was a kid. I'm sure there was pressure when my parents were children. And and so there's nothing new under the sun, but there's pressures and, and even more pressures now than have ever been. In fact, there's ridicule if you are not engaging in physical sexual activity with somebody on a regular basis. And that's what the world is trying to tell us. So what's the big deal? Is that a big deal? Should we be concerned about that as parents? Everybody's doing it. Does God care? What's what's the deal? Well, it has to do with soul ties. See, The Bible is trying to explain to us the severity of this. And so Jesus explains, or not, uh, Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 6.16, Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, and he quotes Genesis, the two will become one flesh. One flesh. And interestingly, he says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him. In spirit. See, our spirit is connected and there's oneness in heaven. But when we connect ourselves, body and soul in sex, obviously a prostitute is representative of anybody that we are having sex with that is not our spouse. (laughs) Anyone. There is a connection that takes place in our soul and in our body. And there is an exchange that takes place even though there's an exchange that takes place when, when we connect ourselves that way. 
And there is a term that my parents teach about in covenant that all that I have is yours and all that you have is mine. And you may say, now, wait a minute, I'm not entering into covenant. I'm just having some fun on a Friday night. But what the Bible is saying is that's not what this is about. When, when you have sex, when you connect with somebody's soul and body, there is actually an exchange that takes place and you actually become one with them. Oof. And there's not only an exchange in body, there's an exchange in soul. There's a giving away that takes place when we are outside of the boundary. And it goes both ways so that all that you have now belongs to them and all that they have now belongs to you. And that should make us say, ooh, think about it. So the one night stand that you pick up in a bar, what's the big deal? You go home, you have a little fun together, you go on with your lives. But in the realm of what the father actually created, there's an exchange that takes place because it's a beautiful thing that he created within a boundary. It's a horrible thing that takes place outside of a boundary and people actually become sick from it. When we live outside of a boundary, there's a sickness that takes place in your soul and in your body. So when you are hooking up with some dude who has issues with addiction or anxiety or depression or anger, guess what? That now becomes yours. Because you have become one with them. And you're like, now wait a minute. That's not what we're doing. That's not what it is. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. This is what the Bible is explaining that's happened. And then we scratch our heads and say, why is our society and our young people dealing with such depression, anxiety, fear, suicide? Why why are, are there such mental illness? Why is such a huge percentage of our young population on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications? It's because they're living outside of a boundary that's actually making them sick. It actually makes perfect sense. It goes on in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. There is a stewarding that is intended to take place. And the purpose of this podcast is to tell you parents, to tell you teenagers, that this is a big whopping deal. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about even just words and sharing your hearts prematurely with someone that you are not committed to. And there's a navigation and a strategy and a boundary that needs to take place with this. And I am going to go into much more detail. I'm not going to leave you hanging, but go into much more detail in what we feel is the important way of walking through and navigating these things. Because there is an emotional tie. There is a heart tie that takes place with people when you're entering into a relationship and I'm sorry, when you're 15 and 16, there's not a mature, there's not maturity enough to actually handle that. And you are actually receiving something and exchanging something with each other that is not intended to take place yet. It's a big deal. And the result of that, let me just throw this statistic at you. Only 1% of high school relationships end in marriage. 
That means 99% don't. But 99% who actually were in relationship have baggage. There's a soul tie connected to it if they're not wise and they don't steward their bodies and their emotions and their souls. And that baggage goes forward then into other relationships and everything compoundly becomes more difficult. It's called a soul tie, an unhealthy soul tie. So clearly, I just want to be super clear, sex is given within a boundary of marriage with your husband or with your wife. That's what it's created for. And in that boundary, guess what? It's beautiful. It's everything it's intended to be. And you are absolutely supposed to be tied in your soul together. 100%. And it's powerful, it's beautiful, it's terrific, and you can enjoy it for the rest of your life together. Outside of the boundary, it causes sickness in your soul and in your body. I just want to be super clear. That's about as black and white as I can possibly be. So if you're sitting here and saying, well, it's no big deal, everybody does it. I'm telling you, as a parent, if you do not set a boundary that the Bible actually created for your kids, you are actually enabling them to become sick. Those are big, hard words. But I'm I'm tired of weak and feckless parents who are just simply sitting and not doing anything. It's our responsibility to explain exactly what I'm explaining today. Not so that they live in fear. It's not about fear. It's about wisdom. It's about navigating life in a world and an enemy that wants to destroy your kids. So there is a need for boundaries and for strategy so that we can subdue and resist the world and the enemy's schemes. That's the role that we play. It's tricky. It's not always easy. And I'm not against romantic relationships. I just believe that there's a way that we can together, with parents' help, help our children walk through and strategize through these relationships so that when it comes out on the other end and they are at the altar and they commit their lives together in a covenant, true covenant relationship, that they can operate in the beautiful boundary that marriage has actually created for them. Isn't that what we want for them? Not to give away something prematurely that they were never intended to give away. We can help them with that. I can help you with that as we walk through some of these things together. I think my voice did okay. It's a little scratchy and I sound like my nose is plugged because it is. (laughs) But thank you for hearing me and listening to me. I'm sorry that I'm a day late again. I would like your perspective on this as well and some of your opinions. You can go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org and leave your comments and questions. I really appreciate that. I also encourage you to go to gofam.org, which is our ministry's webpage, and look at some of the resources that are there. And Amy and I are hoping to be writing more resources in the next couple of years that are going to help, especially with parenting. So stay tuned for some of those announcements as well. Thank you for listening to me today, and hopefully you feel my passion and compassion uh, for this topic and for your children. And you are powerful parents. I look forward to talking to you more about that as we go forward. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Music